Hey, this is Diana, the Bard of Hudson. What the heck does that mean? A bard is just a storyteller. So here I am to share stories with you. What was it like growing up in the 60s and 70s? Did I really meet Bob Marley on an airplane? I hope you enjoy listening to my crazy life and that it inspires you to share your stories in some way. One great way to share your thoughts with me is through my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard. There you can see the photos and written materials that enrich my stories with visuals. Please check it out. And wherever you're listening, please rate and review and share the podcast. I'd love to hear what you think. At the end of the day, human connection is all we have. Enjoy. Good morning. I just want to describe to you this funny scene a little glimpse into the life of a podcaster. So I'm sitting at my desk and I'm covered in a gray moving blanket so as to dull the sound around me a little bit. And my kitten is completely mesmerized by this whole setup. And she keeps sneaking in underneath the bottom of the blanket to stare at me like, what the heck are you doing? What is going on here? She does like to sleep with me under the blankets um, at, at night in my bed. So she's thinking, this is some new strange bed setup you've got here. But just fun. Um, so this morning, I wanted to tell you the first of, of what I think is going to be a three-part story. And it is a story of the place that I grew up. I grew up in a weird and quirky little neighborhood, which if you Google it now, you're going to see that it is an enclave of celebrities and such. But it was not that way when I was a kid. I grew up in Sneedon's Landing in New York, just outside of Manhattan. And it's one of these crazy little neighborhoods that was preserved in time for a very long time. It had all these wonderful, magical little houses, some of which were actually built by the people who occupied them for a very long time. There was one that had stairs built out of uh, huge logs from a tree that were sawn in half and stacked up. It was the coolest, coolest little house. It has since been torn down, unfortunately. But when I was growing up there, it was a magical, strange place full of artists and writers and such. And that's how it got to be a fashionable place for people to move into. Because of course, as we know, as maybe you know, artists tend to lead the way into the magical places. So Sneedon's Landing was a place that was discovered and occupied by wonderful artists. And one of them, I only knew as a very old lady. When I was a kid growing up there, we had the run of the place. There were no fences and such. And so we basically went anywhere we wanted in the neighborhood, as did our dogs, <laughs> which was very funny. But we visited people, we peeked in at back doors, and we got to know our neighbors in a way that I don't think people do, at least definitely not in Sneedon's anymore. 
But there was this one old lady who lived in what really looked like an unbelievably ramshackle home that's across from the church. And so she was very much in the open. She was not, you know, in some way back hidden little house uh, that you had to get to by, you know, going way down some long driveway or something. So she was there on our regular route when me and my brother would go traipsing around the neighborhood looking for friends to play with. And so we'd stop in and look at her and talk to her every now and again. And eventually she got to a stage where she was really immobile and she couldn't uh, do a lot of things for herself. So we were actually sent to help her, to bring her groceries, to read to her in the afternoons. And what I remember is, you know, this was before the time of Depends, for instance. She was an old lady living by herself, not very mobile. And I remember that she really did not smell good and that she sometimes had traces of mm, fecal matter running down her legs, which was really quite awful for me as a child when I was sent to go and read to her. I was rather horrified. And it it turned into one of those awful chores that I didn't want to do. And I didn't want to be found at home so that I could be sent on this errand. But I did it enough that I got to know her a little bit and only found out later who she was. Well, first, let me backtrack for a second. So she died there in her home one day and I remember her wake because she was from England and so her family held a traditional wake for her where they actually laid her out on the kitchen table that same kitchen table that I had come to so many times and had cookies and in the kitchen where this stove was full of orange peels so that the warming scent of orange peels would cover up a lot of the smells that were in the house that were not so pleasant. So this very same kitchen table, they had laid her out, cleaned up and dressed in her finery, and the whole neighborhood came in and out of the doors all night long, and people were drinking. And I think I was only maybe eight, or nine when this happened and I was fascinated and a little horrified but it was an amazing experience and I found out later that this woman Marion Gray was an incredible maker of lace that she learned to make lace in England and she brought these talents back to the United States and she opened a lace shop on Washington Square and some of her clients were illustrious people like J.P. Morgan and FDR's mom and she went on to become such an incredible lace maker that she became the textile consultant for the Metropolitan 
Museum of Art. And all of these things were things that I only discovered, of course, as an adult. But it's amazing to me that I lived in proximity to someone so fascinating and never knew and never knew to ask her about her stories, particularly, or if I did, I don't remember her telling them to me. I more remember reading to her and she loved poetry and apparently she knew Theodore Dreiser um, who lent her some of the money that she used to open her lace shop. So I suppose I tell this story for all of us to be curious and look around. Who are the people that live on the fringes of your life? Who are they? What do they do? Perhaps one of them has a fascinating story. These are the kind of things that you only discover because of curiosity. So part two of this story is going to come tomorrow, and part two of the story involves her son, who became a great friend of my mom's, and they were a wild and crazy duo together who did insane things. Part two of the story of Marion Gray coming to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to connect, you can find me on Instagram at Diana the Bard or on Facebook at Diana Green. And check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard for photos and other fun additions. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you're listening. It makes a world of difference and helps others to find the show. I'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Bye.